five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Toronto Defiant and Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Light Force, the relaxed voice who soaked up the sun up in a Soyuz, which was a very difficult word for Sam to say, joined virtually by Sam himself at another Sam Chan. Omni and Omni Stripe is not here. He took qualifying for the Titans takedown so serious he partied so hard that he decided he needed to trade his Mustang in for another Mustang or something like that. Yeah, I don't really understand what he's doing still. We're going to need to get the full report on this next week. And and to give our listeners some some context here, he dropped the 401 saying, hey guys, won't be able to make it today. I'm going to go and trade my Mustang for another Mustang. I swear his current Mustang is still relatively new. I want to say he got it either as late last year or it might have even been the start of this year. I think I've had some milk in my fridge for longer than he's had that car. No, no doubt. But he is getting a new one. So, you know, give him a shout out on Twitter. Ask him for pictures. This would be a really disappointing story if like he actually didn't get a new car in the end. (laughs) Yeah, no (laughs) kidding. Everyone starts going out on Twitter saying, hey, show me pictures of your new Mustang. And they'll be like, what? Didn't work out. Why'd they even bring it up on the podcast? <laughs> but uh, we are into the dog days of the Overwatch League season. That's right. There is not a whole lot more left for the Vancouver Titans. There's only one more match left for the Toronto Defiant and the playoffs start. And all cards are in the air when that takes place. So this episode is really going to be about uh, going through the weekend that was for both of those teams and previewing the weekend that will be before we jump into to fun times. Before we do, though, this just I saw on Twitter just a moment ago, and I want to give a, a shout out to, to Jeff. Uh, you might know him as Captain Awesome. He's at C-A-P-T Awesome O-W on Twitter. This guy is one of the most positive people in the Overwatch uh, League scene. Like, if you have not followed him or seen him show up in your timeline, I encourage you to give him a look. I, I, I'd like to think I'm positive. He exudes positivity. Well, he shared today on Twitter that he just found out that his mom's cancer treatment worked and she is cancer-free. Huge W. No, Jeff, that's not a huge W. That is a massively awesome W. And I wanted to give your mom a shout out on this podcast. But I also wanted to recognize, you know, that the entire community's got your back. Like, this is great news. And I'm in a happy mood because of that. So, you know, please, you know, wish your mom well. And and I'm so glad that, uh, you know, she fought cancer and, and kicked its uh, royal beep. Yeah, I was going to edit the beep in afterwards, but uh, maybe I won't oh, now that you low said Low budgets, it. man. Low budgets. True. Shout out to Jeff. Moving the payload. Join me. Kicking off the payload, we're going to go and fast forward through the course of the weekend because the Vancouver Titans played three matches. The Toronto Defiant only played one. But it was the those last two matches that actually mattered, so to speak. And we'll talk about that, why I used air quotes there that you could not see. Well, let's talk a little about the first match that Vancouver Titans had against the uh, the Mayhem on Friday. They started off this match looking not too bad. In fact, you could almost argue that the Vancouver Titans started to look like this cohesive team we've seen glimpses of, at least in one map. And then they had a competitive second, and then it sort of fell apart from there. They lost 3-1 to the Mayhem. And I would have... Whoops, sorry. So I just want to cut you off. So, so I was pretty selective with my live watching anyway. Like I, I caught, I caught re, I could, did we call them reruns? Whatever, whatever. We, we caught, we caught the boss after, right? Just cause like, it's, it was like a middle of the day and, and on Friday and it's just, it wasn't there. But, but the funny part is I started watching this map and then I was super surprised because I saw Suna on the Sombra and I was like, Hey, that's interesting. We haven't seen that in a while. And then, and then, you know, the mayhem took the first map and then i was like oh this is pretty normal and it was i swear 20 minutes in before i realized i was watching the mat the match from may <laughs> Be- because they had the moira moira lucio they had like i don't know i don't remember if it was diva or or sigma on from from ksa so if it actually like if you had just 
taking out the date. Like I would have believed you that this was the game. <laughs> so I ended up watching an extra 20 minutes of Asuna Sombra. And it kind of just reminded me, like, I guess how, how far Dalton has come on the Sombra. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to actually talk a little bit about the, uh, the Dalton Sombra as sort of this weekend goes on. But again, it looked like the Vancouver Titans, you know, I was going to say sort of start turning things around. Yes, they, they were competitive on them body. They, however, still ended up losing. Uh, Volskaya was not like it once was. Uh, Route 66, it was uh, all she wrote. Like the Titans, like it's like the wheels fell off the training bike as they were just going for the first time on their own. So I thought, you know, I, I, I'm curious how they'll face against Dallas. So they take on the fuel uh, the following day on Saturday. And it is nothing like the last time these two teams met. No, the Vancouver Titans were rolling out some weird comps. Like there's something about this Lucia Moira comp with dive tanks that I don't quite understand. I'm not an Overwatch League coach, but my understanding is those two support do not support dive tank very well. Outside of the throw the yellow ball and hope for the best, I'm not sure where the synergy is there, but the Vancouver Titans were committed to this. And I mean, despite Dalton uh, trying to do his thing, despite Shockwave literally trying to put the team on his shoulders and outright carry the team, uh, it looked brutal. And unfortunately, of the three matches that was possible to be used for the Vancouver Titans uh, virtual watch party, that was it. It was so quiet in there. Like, I, I, I was at my, uh, you know, in-laws. I was sitting out in the balcony. I had a view of the... Uh, the you know, Strait of Georgia. I'm, I'm I'm drinking a cold beverage, and people are just keeping their mouths shut because you know it's it was so demoralizing. I mean, I mean, like we haven't had a couple of great weeks in terms of the Titans. So, but there was always kind of one silver lining. At least when Omni and I were talking last week, is like, hey, at least we're not the fuel. And then here we are getting our behind slapped by the fuel watching you know our moira here or lucio and our lucio here or moira meanwhile shockwave is on some island somewhere and he's running around trying to get health packs mm-hmm. um it, it was just that was the game i chose to watch live and you know i mean if we looked at the schedule that was the one that we thought they would have had the the biggest chance to to you know win but it was demoralizing yeah i mean it's I guess I I shouldn't say that it didn't start well. I mean, on Oasis, the Titans did get the first round. They had a real competitive second. And then, again, House of Cards started to fold in their own three. They lose Oasis. We go to Eichenwald, where the Vancouver Titans have a very solid hold on the first point and take off a lot of time on the clock. But the moment Dallas takes that point, suddenly the payload, I don't think they ever stopped moving, uh, and Dallas proceeds to, to go all the way, um, or I, I think they actually went close to being all the way, if I, if memory serves me correct. But the point being, the Vancouver Titans had an equal opportunity to do something similar. They had an even faster attack to capture that first point. And then getting through the choke, at least that initial one, was a huge problem. Dallas took the fight to Vancouver, and Vancouver was getting spawn camped hard. And that took all of the time that the Vancouver Titans had off the clock. And then it was just the Titans gutting it out, doing some weird things. Like I think at that point, uh, Dalton had gone on, was it Dalton that had gone on to the Genji? Um, which wouldn't was weird. It wouldn't have been Genji. No, not Genji. Genji. I mean, Hanzo. 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 Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Wrong, uh, wrong brother. Wrong brother. And like, we actually saw them almost, well, actually, no, they did. Uh, back cap the the second point, but it was weird composition again that we were seeing from the Titans. It was like they were playing mystery heroes to some respect, but then again, Dallas simply adapted, brought in Junkrat go boom, and the Vancouver Titans had no answer to that. Like they just could not string anything together. Bad alt economy, bad alt usage, and that was that. And then Volskaya happens, and you know the Titans. Didn't look horrible on Volskaya. They just didn't look good on on Volskaya. Well, I and think I think Volskaya. Well, first of all, Volskaya hasn't been kind to us. But again, it's back to that whole. It's the the way the Titans were set up was super one trick pony. It was like 
it was seriously clutch or kick for shockwave and if shockwave wasn't like perfection including finding those health packs that i talked about while you know holding the line like then it was over mm-hmm. and the moment that he i wouldn't even say slipped up because i think deaths are pretty natural in, in a typical overwatch game if you're you know you're in the play like once he died it was it was pretty much game mm-hmm. and i mean that and that was it i mean dallas simply identified a win condition which was you know shut down shockwave and or dalton drop a support here and the Titans just fell apart. Which was actually the same thing that Yaki had said the day before after in, in the post game interview, when he was talking about their, their strategies really focus on the widow or Ash. And then once that down, everything would collapse and it's true. Yep. So then we get on the Sunday. Now, the Toronto Defiant were already hard up against the San Francisco Shock. I don't think anyone out there that listens to this podcast would disagree that the San Francisco Shock were the heavy favorite. And that's not a shot against the Defiant. We're talking a top-tier team, and the Defiant where they're, you know, let's say middle of the pack, maybe trending a little bit lower, but point being, two different leagues. Making matters worse, the Shock lost on Saturday. They lost to the Philadelphia Fusion, and they got swept. And if history is any indication, (laughs) the San Francisco Shock typically don't lose badly twice. In fact, they may not lose ever again. They go up against the Toronto Defiant. Oh, my goodness. It was... (laughs) massacre um about the only time that the defiant were able to string anything together was in the first map on on li jang um hanamura it was kind of felt like maybe they would have had like a chance maybe and then it went away real fast there was like a sliver of moment where it felt like huh yeah and frankly they were unfortunately served a tough situation because the san francisco shock like to prove points And the Toronto Defiant simply happened to be the deer in the headlights of the convoy coming on through. What was most interesting, though, wasn't the match. It's after the match when uh, Broy, who is, I believe right now, the kind of interim head coach. I think think? his title is like associate coach or... or, Yeah. Or like, I don't know. But point being... He's, he's, he's like only one of the only guys that's named coach. So guy in charge. And he goes on to Twitter and, you know, as normally the, the players and coaches and staff sort of do GGGG. And then it gives some type of explanation. Broy's like, yeah, you know, we didn't take this one at all. Like seriously, like the meta is going to change in a couple of weeks. Uh, this match means nothing. Sorry, maybe to the fans that are having to watch this, but we don't see why we would invest anything in the current state. We're going to focus on the playoffs. And then Adam, uh, Adam, who, who again has joined us in the past on the show, uh, he agreed saying, yes, this is something we talked about. And it makes no sense that this week and next that we spend too much time investing into strategy when really the goal that we have is playoffs. I don't discount that what they're saying isn't true. I totally get the logic behind that. I'm curious the desire to be as transparent and say that like Adam's positioning, I feel was better than maybe Broy's was. Um, I was like, yeah, just so sorry. sucks to be fans kind of, and I'm paraphrasing here. He did not say that on Twitter, but that's how it could be interpreted. Where he sounds like, no, I mean, here's, here's what we're looking to do. Our goal is to win, you know, let's focus our resources appropriately but it's tough. Like if you're, you're a diehard Toronto defiant fan, you just heard your coach say, yeah, we're kind of just going through the motions. I, I, I think Baroy has an interesting timing when it comes to choosing transparency. So, I mean, first of all, like we, 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 as I guess media, if you want to call it, we can't, we can't have it both ways, right? Like we can't like applaud when it's transparency that we like. And then, you know, give them crap when it's something that's not the right messaging. And then we go back to why didn't you just say the party line of like both teams played hard and blah, 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 blah. So, so we can't do that. So we got to pick one side or the other, but that being said, like, like context matters a lot. Reality of the situation. Like when, when we're just objectively thinking about what he said, like the meta is going to change. These games don't matter. Like the seating doesn't matter. 
all true. We all know it when we look at raw facts. But here's here's why it's it's so upsetting. I think if you're not even just a Defiant fan, if you're an Overwatch fan, that you're hearing uh, an Overwatch League coach say this is because is there's only one way to really interpret it, and that's sour grapes. Because I'm going to be frank, if the shock had said that about Fusion, most people would have been like, yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't really matter. Because the shock have proven themselves. Mm-hmm. If I'm being very blunt, the Defiant could have been preparing for the last four months for this one match. For all the marbles, <laughs> it wouldn't have made a difference if the shock decided to come play. <laughs> right? So, like, that that just to me sounds like an excuse. Yeah. I... You know, you mentioned context. I'm going to sort of go back in time a little bit further. So on the 13th, uh, John Spector announced that, oh, hey, Al fans, the uh, Overwatch patch uh, that took place is going to be what teams will be competing on come playoffs. And Baroy shares his thoughts saying, well, this rewards teams to practice on the new patch, giving up on the regular or remaining regular season matches. Um, unless there's some importance for seeding, that then makes it quite an unfair situation regarding playoffs. Should some teams elect to do this, but others are not able to. So you could almost say that what he's suggesting there is that this is a weird situation. And I don't disagree. It is weird because in, in making this declaration, the Overwatch League is incentivizing almost the the throw, <laughs> the sandbag. I mean, it's it, it's unfortunate as it is, and I'm not going to suggest that the San Francisco Shock did that against the Philadelphia Fusion. I honestly think the Shock would have preferred to have that number one overall seed that the Fusion now have. But to then come up and sort of, as he said, bro, you know, bro, I said it's the you know, fast one, GG Sock. Uh, we have our full focus on the playoffs right now. These last two matches are completely insignificant. They're on a patch we don't even practice for, or don't really practice for even. Uh, might be a bit frustrating to watch the games as fans, but only playoffs matters. Point. He's right. Playoffs matter at this point. Where the Toronto Defiant sort of wind up in, in seeding, I actually I haven't looked at the standings. I don't think they can go anywhere. So he's right doesn't matter it's just it's tough yeah. as a fan and, and to... probably from his perspective he's just trying to double down on this point that that the overwatch league has constructed a a system where we have meaningless metas and meaningless mm-hmm. games and, and i think that's the point he's trying to make but wouldn't that have been so much more powerful if like pretend universe that they had won in an upset and then said oh like you know we played hard but these games don't <laughs> actually matter like you know that's a statement yeah. right I agree. I mean, and that would be a statement if they had upset the shock and said, despite not, you know, in it, some might say that's BM, but it is, it's a tough take. And I, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade. I understand. And, and just simply look at it from a fan's perspective of being of two minds. Playoff success is what's most important in this part. And the Overwatch League has created the situation themselves. I'm positive this isn't just the Defiant that are, are going through this. In fact, this may sort of segue as to the possibility as to why we saw the Vancouver Titans perform as they did in their match on Sunday. Because the Vancouver Titans, spoiler alert, actually beat the Atlanta Reign 3-1. to one. And they looked good. Like, we're not talking like they looked good against the Dallas Fuel, who obviously were having issues, or they looked good against the Boston Uprising, who are the Boston Uprising. They looked good against a team that's arguably considered the gatekeeper to sort of the top tier of the league. Although, again, open to interpretation. I was blown away by the performance that I saw. And, you know, the the Dalton... Uh, uh, Sombra was on point um, and we've talked about this in other episodes when Dalton is provided the ability to create pressure teams can't simply single out Shockwave they have to deal with both and when they have to deal with both that's when Shockwave and Dalton excel now Shockwave he just completely went mental uh, with his ash play I mean he was getting picks he got like on Volskaya two bobs you know quicker than I get out of spawn half the time like it was unbelievable uh again the one map they lost we saw the sort of the two dive tanks and lucio moira healing themselves uh but when they adjusted the comp to be more complementary to the actual you know six characters that were on the on on the screen at any given time dare i say it they kind of looked similar to the roster we saw at the start of the season 
it looked kind of good. Now, is that because the rain didn't take the weekend serious? Like, it didn't occur to me watching the cams that the rain were pretty laid back and chill. I mean, at one point, um, God, who was it that, was it Hawk that, like, or was it Kodak? I can't remember who it was, like, tossed their camera up to the ceiling. Um, <laughs> like, the rain looked mentally boomed by what they were seeing from the Vancouver Titans. And it wasn't like the Titans had to like tooth or nail claw their way out of a victory. Like, you know, that Volskaya map against the Defiant where it went a million hours long. No, the Titans were like, yeah, okay, we're going to win now. Nothing you can do to stop us. Well, I think, I feel like we've all kind of been in that situation where perhaps like you're and it doesn't matter. It could be a sport, could be a game, could be whatever, where you're playing someone that you should beat. like, it could be like a little sister or something. So you, it's, I wouldn't say you're throwing, but you're, you're kind of confident going in, you're taking it easy. You're, you know, and then you slip up here and there. And for whatever reason, the, the other side gets ahead. And then all of a sudden you're like, but wait, now I'm on a bad streak and I tilted and I can't get back up. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it kind of felt a little like that. I wouldn't, I would never suggest that the rain through because that again, so that's the exact take that we were just talking about earlier. It's just saying like, Oh, the Titans only won because the rain through, like, I think that disrespects both teams. But if I'm being honest, like they, the rain were trying things. They had saucy on, on may duty for what felt like far too long. Um, they played Iris instead of Dogman, who's their usual Zen Bapt guy. Is it, so this this actually came up during the broadcast. Apparently, production Overwatch League production says it's Iris. Iris, yeah. But then uh, on Twitter, he, he said it was Elris, and then <laughs> we think it's Iris because of the uppercase L. Anyhow, so I mean, so you know. wh- whatever you're called, dude, get your 15 minutes, man. <laughs> <laughs> And I need to correct myself. I said Kodak. He retired. It's Gator who I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. But but like, yeah, like they they definitely seem to be like trying different comms. They had this really aggressive push in Eichenwald, which you can say is, you know, crazy confidence at its best, like questionable at its worst. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of worked, which kind of, you know, justified it a little bit for for a second. So so like I wouldn't say this is full strength rain, but I also wouldn't say that like they let them win or something like that. Well, yeah. And I, you know, again, I'm simply looking based on player cams. The rain did seem to be taking it seriously enough that they didn't want to lose the Titans. Yeah. Well, for sure. I mean, who wants to lose, right? (laughs) So, so I mean, if it wasn't, you know, a practice issue. I mean, they went in to win and it did not work out, but that arguably actually gives the Vancouver Titans the potential to play themselves into a a much better seed because these matches still matter for the Titans. Um, They can actually move up. I want to say memory serves me. Yeah. They can move up arguably two different spots. Like right now. (laughs) uh, Well, no, they can't. I don't think they can get up to 11. Can they? Well, doesn't doesn't Boston have thirteen wrapped up in the bag? Well, yeah, Bo- Boston Boston is unfortunately, regardless of their result against the Vancouver Titans, stuck where they're stuck. Um, you've got the Justice who don't want obviously anything to occur. Although, actually, did the Justice even play? Like, this is the part where the schedule is so weird. Um, let me take a look here. Did the Justice play? I mean the the league staff have done an incredible job of of this schedule and i just i just oh, the mean justice the justice do play the time so uh the justice <laughs> play the san francisco shock so that one's not gonna work out well i'm gonna presume that justice lose so right now the vancouver titans are sitting in the 18th spot unless the justice somehow completely go mental and beat i the mean shock. we're gonna get back to the justice later right so <laughs> Who knows? Um, so the the Titans are in 18. They could move up with a win ahead of the Outlaws. Um, could they get past the Spitfire? No. I mean, the other problem here is, like, trying to do the, the win-losses. You got bonus wins for some of the tournament uh, performances. So, like, it's, it's not an even schedule. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, the Titans arguably can play themselves into a position where they get to choose an opponent potentially, which imagine that. Um, <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about this, this upcoming weekend as we're sort of getting into things right now. Uh, 
So the Vancouver Titans are going to kick off the weekend by playing the Boston Uprising on Friday, 12 noon uh, Pacific, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. There was a stat uh, that was shown on screen during the broadcast that the Vancouver Titans, by beating the rain, were the first, that was the first non-Uprising-involved win of the Titans which was shade at Boston for sure. But it does need to be pointed out that the Vancouver Titans had actually beaten a team prior to Boston when they beat the Dallas Fuel. Because in that weekend, they beat the Fuel, then they beat the Uprising. So it's not like the Vancouver Titans had been on some seriously long losing streak before they ran into Boston. They then play the Valiant on uh, Saturday evening, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. And then mixed into that is the Defiant playing the Fuel, Saturday, 2 p.m. Pacific, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern. So let's kick things off chronologically. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, the Titans playing the Uprising to start off the weekend. It's the Toilet Bowl. Uh, well, I mean, the Titans are technically on the seat right now. They're not actually in the toilet because that's where the justice happened to be. Fair enough. And like we were joking that, you know, Uprising could use this as a practice round and, you know, sub in their B players, but I think they only have six. Yeah. Um, you might be right on that one. No, no. Or they they have, typically they have, have seven, but yeah, they the do have seven, seven guys not here or something like that. I can't remember now. But uh, no, the Uprising themselves, um, they do face against the face of the Anchor Titans. They have not seen any success against this roster, and it's not even been close. Like this current Vancouver Titans roster has dominated the Boston uprising. Um, I, I'm not wanting to presume that this is a Vancouver Titans win without giving some respect to the uprising. I just don't see how the uprising pull it off. Like I see this being three, one Titans. Um, well, you already know my pick, but I will just yeah. warn, I will just warn everybody and say, I didn't see the Dallas field slapping the Titans either. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. What do you know? Um, then, Saturday, uh, earlier in the afternoon, the uh, Defiant will be playing the Fuel. Now, prior to this past weekend, I think all of us, and Omni's not even here to, to suggest otherwise, would have said Defiant beat the Fuel. I still feel the Defiant beat the Fuel here. I, I feel the Defiant are the better team. But as Toronto Defiant fans know, the Toronto Defiant sometimes lose to spite themselves. And if, as we've already seen Baroy allude to, they're not even practicing the current patch, because what does it matter? Might the Fuel want to get the win here to ensure that they actually seed higher than the Defiant? I mean, the Defiant better beat the Fuel. At the same time, if your coach is publicly saying, like, we ain't practicing for this meta... And we have watched throughout the entire season that when Defiant want to play and Defiant are ready to play and they have a game plan, like they can execute and they can be, I don't want to say top tier, but upper echelon team at its potential at its peak. Yeah. But with the coach already saying this doesn't matter, like this could get really ugly. Well, and that, that is the struggle I have is that if, if, the last two matches didn't matter. To your point that they insane it against the San Francisco shot comes across as almost as an excuse. Could if you had phrased it like, you know, we looked at this one and we looked at that one. We're already looking at playoffs, but of the one that we're going to dedicate our time to, we're going to focus on on the Dallas fuel. I don't think anyone would have fault, faulted them for that. I mean, it's if you're not really looking beyond your opponent at that point because you're sort of conceding. It's not that we're going to beat the San Francisco shock. We we just need to make sure we prioritize things. But then in the next round, I genuinely think the Dallas Fuel come into this looking to get that win. Because as it stands right now, if the Fuel were to win, they have one more win than the Defiant do. Uh, they're they're essentially tied for 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 wins. Um, and I believe the Fuel must play twice this weekend, so they'll have more than one opportunity to to move things around. Um, but I just, I, I, it behooves me that the defiant wouldn't take this one seriously. Yeah. And I, I think I'm going to take back what I said earlier. Like I, I actually think Baroy is straight up wrong. Even if the meta has changed, like to me, the biggest problem the defiant have all season isn't like roster composition. To me, it's their, their mental makeup. They're just, they just don't show up sometimes and they're not 
they're not that serious about their craft. And the one thing that that winners, regardless of sport, all have in common is they have winning makeup. They make winning habits, right? Mm-hmm. So that means, you know, you're grinding hard at work, even in games that don't matter. You're you're not just playing against the field. You're also trying to prove to be the best best player that you can be as an individual, right? So so you can call it pride, you can call it practice, you can call it whatever you want, right? But like every meaningless game is is a point that's showing winning character, right? So if you're going to just throw games just because it doesn't have any numerical value, you're never going to be a a great playoff team. Like there's no there's no magical switch, right? So tactically, yeah, sure, they they don't have anything to play for, but but this is a team that the Defiant should be, right? Mm-hmm. Especially since there's no coach. They'd lost their best player. They're, you know, they're just trying to ride the season out and get whatever they can get. Um, they're playing hard, but there's like, you know, a lot of the players came in mid-season or whatever. They had more, you know, releases and retirements in this season than any other team outside of the Titans that I can remember. Um so like they they should just go out and get it right like that's that doesn't make any sense to me so so like i'm gonna be kind and call it a defiant 3-0 as well okay but, but now, is that, that, is that that's me saying, trying to be positive for them for a change okay that's what it's gonna get at is that sort of you know it's not a throw optimism i here. think if they they show up and they play well they can do that okay so i'm i'm torn there is a part of me that wants to go and suggest that the fuel are going to win this one three two. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, and but then I, we're just going to get sour grapes. Uh, no, and I'm, I'm the reason why I say that is I'm I'm try, like again I'm reading into what the the coach of the Defiant has already publicly <laughs> said. Like that's that I would have if he doesn't go and even tweet that. I'm going to tell you that at worst three one win for the defiant over the fuel. I would have actually agreed with a three Oak, but I'm easily convinced I am now, I am doubting myself. <laughs> yeah. Because the coach is saying they're not preparing for it. Yeah. I, and I, with that data, like, I don't know how to, how to interpret that. It, it, it wasn't like JK or, or, or what have you. Uh, I'm okay. I, well, I could see, well, I could see the defiant losing three, two to the fuel. I am going to give it to the defiant three, one. And I am, I am, that's what I, if I had to go and bet on this match, that's what I would throw money. I'm down. staying away from betting on this match at all costs. <laughs> this this is a you know, hopeful three zero. Ima- imagine like you going like Vegas odds on this. Like right now, the odds makers are like it would be like essentially a, a, a toss up. I would imagine because so. how, how do you approach this? Um, so those are the matches. What else is happening uh, since uh, the last episode and going on this week? Well, the Vancouver Titans uh, Titans takedown is in full swing. Uh, the uh, Titans takedown tournament uh, has eight qualifying ma- or weekends or days. Um, so there's sort of two a weekend. The first two happen the weekend previous. The next two are happening this upcoming weekend. And the top two teams each of the days qualifies. Well, Omni is not here to share the news, but Team RSP qualified. Like, hands down, number two seed on qualifier one. Team RSP is going into the Titans takedown playoffs. Super proud of our guys. They've worked hard for this moment. And, it, uh, I mean, they, it was it it showed was back and forth. I mean, uh, Team RSP is here to take some names and uh, possibly recruit them next year. But the uh, shout-out needs to be given out to the uh, Alpha Flight uh, crew who then qualified themselves, taking the number two spot on the Sunday qualifier. So the day two qualifier. Alpha Flight got through. So you got Team RSP and you got Toronto Alpha Flight with their two teams going through to the playoffs. I want to mention that I've also come into um, contact with Vancouver Titans to get some more information for for you, our listeners, about how this this tournament works. Uh, You can actually enter on more than one team if you want. Like This isn't like some official tournament where you're on a team and you're like, yeah, that's it. You can actually go and increase your odds by uh, you know, being involved in multiple teams. Now, if those two teams were to match up and play each other, you have to pick one. So it's kind of loose, but you can't then, you know, bounce back sort of back and forth. The other thing is that, uh, you don't enter one qualifier and hope for the best. If you didn't qualify in day one, you didn't qualify in day two, enter in day three, day four, day five, day six, like you have eight qualifiers. So again, find a team, get involved. 
if you're like, well, I don't have a team, I don't have enough friends, or I don't have enough friends that are interested, you can actually go into either the Titans Discord, or there is an actual Discord set up uh, via Battlefy, uh, the organization that's running it, uh, where you can sort of drop interest that you're looking for a team. But if enough what they call free agents sign up to a particular qualifying day, they can be actually put together as a team if six or more were to check in, and they in turn can be entered into the brackets. It's very easy to get involved. And again, as sort of Sam, you and Omni both mentioned last week, uh, there's some pretty decent prizing up uh, for grabs. There's the opportunity to play the Vancouver Titans, there's jerseys, there's money. It's all good fun. And you might get an opportunity to play against Team RSP, the powerhouse that it is. And I mean, if you're, you think you're on a winning squad and you want to add me as your eighth player, I'm happy to share in your winnings too. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've essentially been telling everyone in RSP discord, uh, whether it's, you know, derelict uh, from the Alpha flight crew, uh, everyone in team RSP, like you're, yeah, I can you're be on both some, teams. So yeah, you're needing a new pair a of shoes, right? So exactly. I don't have enough of them. And then uh, the Toronto Defiant, uh, not to be outdone, are one, first of all, announcing a partnership with TD Bank, which is like, makes so much sense. You've got TD and TD. In fact, if you are a mm-hmm. member of the Toronto Defiant Discord, there is an actual green and white TD, like the stylized Toronto Defiant uh, uh, logo uh, with Toronto Dominion Bank colors, which is kind of neat. But the partnership that has made sense all along that's finally now official well, the two have actually partnered to bring what's called the Fan Appreciation Weekend to fruition. That is this weekend. So it kicks off on Thursday, where there is going to be a number of contests. There's going to be a release of a ton of content, which a shout out to the Defiant content team. They're producing some really good stuff, uh, like her even agilities uh, are having a whole lot of fun. Uh, Friday, it's the community game night. Uh, this is actually something that the Toronto uh, Defiant Discord uh, set up, I want to say a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was a sort of a community game night. We're doing it again. And if you're wanting to get in on that action, simply join the Toronto Defiant to Discord, discord.gg slash Defiant. On Saturday, like this, this is a full weekend thing. Saturday, it's a virtual watch party hosted with Karku. Uh, you know, they're um, content creator, streamer, Karku. He's also uh, been the community uh, lead for the Overwatch World Cup for uh, uh, Team Canada. Well, he'll be hosting a virtual watch party, and you can take part in that by going to the Toronto Defiant YouTube uh, page. So instead of watching the Overwatch League uh, stream, go to Toronto Defiant stream. Tokens, I understand there are a few of you out there that might be wanting tokens. Maybe you might have to double dip, have the Overwatch app or the Overwatch stream up on one device, but you're then taking part on the uh, virtual watch party on another. And then on Sunday, to wrap up the weekend, they got a virtual meet and greet with the number of players taking place and a community tournament of their own. It is a Hero Gauntlet tourney. And if you've never played Hero Gauntlet before, essentially the way it works is every time you get a kill or a frag within a match, you move up to another tier hero. And at the top tier is Torb. And I believe, if I understand the uh, the arcade code they're using, you have to get a hammer kill to actually win. The way the Hero Gauntlet tournament will work, it's double elimination. Eight people enter a round, top four. Uh, move on, bottom four, move into sort of the double E limb or loser bracket. And if you're bottom four, again, you're out top four, you continue moving on. Eventually uh, there'll be a final eight and everyone who's in the final eight gets money, which is kind of cool. And that again is on Sunday. If you're interested in signing up for that hero gauntlet tournament, go to smash.gg slash defiant. There's only, I think, 128 spots available. Uh, When I last looked, there was just over 30 people that had signed up because, again, it just registration just took place on Tuesday. You're listening to this on Wednesday, so it might be uh, cutting it close. Uh, But a bunch of us from Team RSP are all going to be representing there. Uh, It's individual, so if you are wanting to join Team RSP, it's very simple. You simply have to be better than Sam. Hmm. 1v1, fight me. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, again, there's a whole lot of stuff happening uh, this weekend, being the final weekend of the Overwatch League regular season before we get into playoffs. So I think, you know what? It's a jam-packed payload. Let's give you and I a a moment to catch our breath before we dive into the fray. Oh, 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 oh,
Kicking off the fray, as we always do, is to go through the week that was. So week 28 kicked things off on Friday in the wee hours of the morning. Uh, it was, I believe, the first uh, Asia region Friday match. Uh, but the Seoul Dynasty 3-0, the London Spitfire. Fast forward to noon when the Florida Man beat the Vancouver Titans 3-1, as we already know. The Los Angeles Gladiators beat the Dallas Fuel 3-0. The Seoul Dynasty, in the wee hours of the morning on Saturday, beat the New York Excelsior 3-0. The Shanghai Dragons beat the London Spitfire 3-0. Then we had the Paris Eternal get past the Atlanta Reign 3-2, followed by the Dallas Fuel beating the Vancouver Titans senseless 3-0. The Los Angeles Gladiators 3-overwatch the Boston Uprising. And then the surprise of the weekend... And, and I'm not going to maybe say a surprise in so much as the Vancouver Titans surprise. This one was the fact that the Philadelphia Fusion 3 overwatched the San Francisco Shock. Sunday kicked off with Seoul Dynasty 3-0-ing the London Spitfire, followed by the San Francisco Shock taking out all their aggression and pain and upset on the Toronto Defiant 3-0. The Los Angeles Valiant got past the Florida Mayhem 3-2. And to wrap up the weekend, as we already talked about, the Vancouver Titans beat the Atlanta Reign 3 to one. So that takes us into the current weekend, kicking things off as we already talked about. Friday, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, Vancouver Titans versus Boston Uprising, followed by the Los Angeles Gladiators taking on the Florida Mayhem. Fast forward all the way to 1 a.m. Pacific, 4 a.m. Eastern, the Hangzhou Spark take on the Seoul Dynasty, followed by the London Spitfire taking on the New York Excelsior. Then at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, the Washington Justice are taking on the San Francisco Shock. The Dallas Fuel then take on the Toronto Defiant, as we discussed. The Los Angeles Gladiators take on the Atlanta Reign. And wrapping up Saturday, as we already mentioned, the Los Angeles Valiant and the Vancouver Titans. Sunday, wee hours of the morning, 1 a.m. Pacific, 4 a.m. Eastern, Seoul Dynasty, London Spitfire. Then we go to noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, Dallas Fuel, Paris Eternal. 2 p.m. Pacific, uh, or 5 p.m., doing the math in my head, Eastern, San Francisco, Shock, Atlanta, Reina, wrapping up the Overwatch League season, the Battle of L.A., the Valiant versus the Gladiators. It just occurred to me, Sam, I don't think we actually talked about the Titans-Valiant match because we were so, so thrown by uh, the fact that the Titans won. Well, the Titans were 3-0, the Valiant. Well, that's because you're on uh, a contract that you're required to say that. Uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to be as confident. Um, I believe the Valiant are going to be the Vancouver Titans 3-1. Weak. Where's, well, where's the faith? I, I'm know, just handing out 3-0s like candy now. A 3-0 for Defiant, 3-0 for Titans. When, I, when in reality, Soul Dynasty 3-0-ing everybody out there, they kind of slapped last weekend. I feel like I'm in the upside down. Like the Vancouver Titans beat the Reign 3-1 convincingly. Now one might say, oh, well, watch what they do against the Boston Uprising. They've beat the Boston Uprising quite easily. So like, I don't understand how one could go and suggest that that's a good barometer as to how the Vancouver Titans will play against the Valiant. So I'm, I'm giving the edge to the Valiant there. Oh, Beyond that, though, I mean, as... It doesn't feel like this, this season has been a long one. I mean, it has. Things kicked off in February. We were a Vancouver Titans podcast that midway through the season became a podcast covering both Canadian teams. The Vancouver Titans had one roster and are finishing with another. There were homestands, and now there are none. Like, I can't believe we're getting through to the end of this regular season. It's what a ride. One for the history books, longest Overwatch season in the history of time. Which is so long when it comes to the Overwatch <laughs> League. Um, you're noticing we're not talking about the, the matches to watch because, well, frankly, there are, I'm sure, some that do matter, but I'm not getting up to watch any of the Asian matches. I already complained enough having to do that when the Vancouver Titans played in Korea for a spell. But uh, looking at sort of the NA matches, I want to watch the Toronto Defiant Fuel match. I'm going to watch the Vancouver Titans two matches. There isn't anything else there that's really compelling. Like, let's be real. Um, why Why would you watch something unless you were a fan of a particular team or a fan of the Overwatch League or you want tokens? I'm not going to knock that. I mean, maybe the Soul Dynasty are not going to lose another map for another weekend. Hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe they've turned into the modern day Chengdu. <laughs> 
<laughs> they are the hardest team in the the league to predict by far. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, the hardest team to predict by far and being the exact opposite, there was a player that signed past the signing deadline. Uh, <laughs> so the Washington Justice have signed Decay because that's what the Justice do. When players are released or happen to, I don't know, retire and not retire, they joined the Justice. Now, you might be asking, how the heck is Decay signing with the Washington Justice? Well, the Overwatch League introduced these sort of conditional rules for the remainder of this season, where if a player were to retire or if a player were not to be eligible to travel to uh, the Asian region, they might not be able to get a visa or what have you, that Overwatch League teams for the current season could sign players on a short-term contract who were like travel eligible or visa eligible. So the Washington Justice used that to their benefit to sign Decay, who was released by the Dallas Fuel after the the signing deadline. So you might say, well, who is it that uh, Decay is replacing? Well, he's replacing Lulshish, who people forget even is a member of the Washington Justice. So they technically had to drop Lulshish, right? Well, that's the thing is, I don't know, because the, like, the way the language was is that if the player themselves was not eligible to travel, but that doesn't necessarily indicate, like, they're not traveling right now. Like, I don't know. It's the Overwatch League. The rules are written on a napkin. I swear this all ends with, like, the 2017, like, World Cup Seoul, or Seoul, Korea team all on the same team somehow. They'll play for, like, Chengdu or Guangzhou or something. That's yeah. what's going to end up happening. So, it, you know, arguably, we might see some more player changes over the next you know couple of months because like the actual uh final grand final tournament that's going to take place in asia uh doesn't happen until october so we've got a month and a half to go you know teams might need to go and and sign players and pick them up I, i i don't know how this works like i genuinely wonder if like you know teams who are eliminated from the playoffs like i do they really, I don't know. Like, do they release a player and then suddenly they get picked? Like, it's so, so weird. And I get the, the playoffs are going to end up with so weird. It's it, like, who knows? The justice, justice could end up winning the championship for all we know. Yeah. But uh, there've been some sort of tough, uh, tough days for a couple of uh, the uh, Overwatch League uh, broadcast talent. So let's uh, actually start off by talking about Hex. If you happen to watch it live, um, Hex uh, was partnered uh, with uh, Achilleos uh, this past weekend. And what occurred was um, Hex was originally scheduled to uh, partner with Jaws. They were doing an Asia match. Uh, That sort of changed. And then uh, Jaws couldn't get connected, so uh, Achilleos swapped in. But Hex um, appeared different. The best way to describe it, he was not his usual self. Um, if you watch the VODs, which are available, you can clearly see that uh, he was struggling uh, with with things. He, he was struggling with his thoughts. At one point, he he tossed shade at a sponsor. He tossed shade at players, which is not a hex thing. And it's not to suggest that he might not have those feelings. It's just that it, you don't necessarily see someone like Hex, who is, quite frankly, a true professional uh, when it comes to his dealings with, with the Overwatch League. And people started to speculate, oh, what's wrong? Well, what ultimately was the issue is that he uh, shared that he had suffered from some sleep deprivation over the course of the weekend. His sleep schedule has been difficult. Um, He suffers from some uh, mental health issues related to anxiety. And he's been doing a number of different things to try to deal with it in what is a very anxious time that we live in. Unfortunately, a number of things sort of culminated into him not being able to deal with the anxiety very well, uh, the nervousness, uh, that impacted his ability to sleep. He then sort of got brought into a a sleep schedule that got thrown out of whack, wasn't able to sleep during the day, took a couple of sleeping pills, got a couple of hours, woke up, was kind of like, okay, I'm ready to go, and then fell asleep again. And I don't know if anyone's ever fallen asleep. And then suddenly comes to like an hour or two later where you're not like you're in the middle of that deep sleep. You're off. He was. And the sleeping pills themselves were probably still within the system. So I'm one, frankly surprised that production didn't sort of pull him 
when that occurred. Like I, I think, uh, you know, Achilles could have gone solo if need be. So that's unfortunate, but the Overwatch League spoke to him and they agreed to give him that uh, following night off. Uh, so ZP or ZP, as I continue to call him, uh, mm-hmm. subbed in to, to work with, uh, with Achilles over the course of the Asia games. Uh, but Hex did share this. And first of all, I want to applaud him for sharing, you know, the issues that he, he's suffering. Like I've talked about mental health issues on previous episodes. They, they resonate with me. I get it. We are all human and human pe- humans are, are, are fallible. We, we do suffer from issues and it's important to, to seek the help and, and get the resources that you need to, to deal with them. So anyone out there that might speculate um, as to uh, what was going on, it's unfortunate that people speculated the worst and I'm simply happy that the Overwatch League dealt with it appropriately and gave him the support that he needed. Um, it is difficult times. And that sort of takes us to the other um, tough area. So Zoe had uh, shared that her her uh, father, my logical father, had um, suffered an injury of some sort. Like he was discovered like days, I want to say later uh, from when it occurred and was in um, very, very serious condition in hospital. It's back, being back in Switzerland. Complicating matters was getting from where she is in California over to Switzerland isn't the easiest thing in the pandemic, but she had sort of found a way to make that happen. She spoke to the, uh, the Overwatch League who uh, completely understood the situation and uh, upon her arrival needing to quarantine and she had sort of gone through the everything to see as to how this could happen and, and then allow her to possibly return to the Overwatch League to uh, continue working on the desk. The problem is that her visa is also coming due. And as you know, you know, Sam, when it comes to certain immigration issues, getting visas and whatnot, it's not as easy in the, you know, normal times now on top of it, the pandemic and the fact that the United States has really locked down issuance of, of a variety of different visa applications. So her going back to Switzerland and having the expiration of her visa means she can't re-enter. She doesn't have that reason to come back. She'll need that visa to, to be secured. And as a result, it does sound like this might be it for her this season. Um, but again, the league and, and what have you are, are supporting her in that transition. I hope we get to see her. And I mean, there might be a way that they can figure out how to make that happen. I mean, time zones will obviously be an issue, but um, you know, she's a tough spell. And then she actually, and I didn't see the update, but like she had an issue with her cats, um, consuming a lily, uh, that was quite a bit poisonous. Not sure which one ate it. So I had to take both cats to a vet, which having taken my cat to the vet, trust me, ain't cheap. So tough, tough, uh, few days for both Hex and Zoe. That's, that's a lot in, <laughs> in a very little amount of time. I think, it, it just kind of goes back to what we've been saying since pretty much mid-March is like, this is a tough time. People are going to react differently and like other stuff's going to happen that's not named COVID-19, right? So mm-hmm. I think it's just a great time to to show a bit of grace, show a bit of, you know, empathy towards one another is, is like, you know, in our kind of small community here. Yeah. You know, our... Um... Dr. Bonnie Henry, who is our uh, provincial health officer here in the province of BC, says um, she signs off many of her her um, sort of preferences and announcements is "Be calm, be kind, be safe," and I think those three words resonate, you know, um, significantly in in the current current time. Be calm, be kind, and be safe. I mean, it's, that's I think the least that we would ask for for everyone to do, and in this particular case, yeah, be kind. And, and quite frankly, if Hex required more time, I, if I was running the Overwatch League, I'd give it to him. If Zoe needed assistance, I'd look to help her. I mean, at the end of the day, I do that because the kindness in my heart feels that the kindness would be reciprocated um, if, you know, the, the shoe was turned. So the least we can do here from, from RSP. Last thing, and this just sort of uh, came through after I wrote the show notes, uh, Experimental Patch is live with some more Moira tweaks. I don't understand the drastic nature of the tweaks. Like, they're they're rolling out the experiment 
in a way that, yeah, we're not sure we're going to do this. We probably won't. We don't think we will, but hey, let's do some crazy stuff. So like her her right click will now require you to sort of have a little more skill to lock on. Her uh, death ball will actually act more like uh, something that latches on the player. Like you have to actually hit them. So, you know, think of them as like a damage over time that you actually have to hit someone with. And then their fade, which still will fade your entire team, doesn't take the uh, team out of phase for like a, a grab alt or, or, or what have you. I'm, I understand that there's this desire to fix Moira, but I'm not entirely sure if the approach that the Overwatch League is, not Overwatch League, sorry, Overwatch is, is using right now makes as much sense. Like, but hey, that's what the experimental card's for, right? I guess so. I mean, I don't take too much. I don't read the tea leaves too much when it comes to experimental cards anymore. They've gone so so many weird things. And I think it's actually like, I thought that was kind of like the point. Like it's, it's fun to have really extreme and strange things in the experimental card. Well, but that like when it, the experimental card was introduced, uncle Jeff described it as being a means for them to iterate quicker, quicker, <laughs> quickly. Or I mean, quicker is an e- a faster way to say quickly, right? Yeah. Um, but getting people sort of more involved, getting feedback a little bit uh, more quickly. Uh, um, I don't recall him saying we're going to do some wild and wacky stuff. Like we've seen a lot of what's shown up in experimental suddenly find its way into PTR and then eventually go live. But then there's these crazy ones like, Hey, we're going to change Moira into a tank. And uh, here you go. Right. Like, I mean, it's, it's no different than people uh, going into, um, was it unity or, or what have you, where I saw one today where they turned bastions alt into uh, a helicopter <laughs> that flies over and Gatlins and fires missiles like AKA old Torb turret style. So anyway, crazy yeah. times. And then uh, one last thing uh, there were, was a patch pushed out today, but it was only bug fixes and stuff. So outside of the current world of overwatch being everyone's uh, roadhog main, which is so much fun. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I think we've got ourselves a jam packed episode here. Crazy, crazy world. Crazy, crazy stuff. So next week, Omni will be back maybe with a new car. We'll go into the uh, Overwatch League playoffs where we'll know where the Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant have been seated and potentially who they'll be playing. And uh, yeah, it's going to change sort of how this podcast will continue to exist as sort of the uh, weekends go by. So we'll continue to publish content throughout the the completion of the playoffs. So don't be alarmed. We're not going to disappear because the Defiant or the Titans, for some reason or another, <laughs> don't find their way into the grand final as we both hope they do. Um, but uh, you may see us adjust the timing of the payload and the fray because, you know, just like uh, those of you who tuned in last season, when the Vancouver Titans weren't in action, there really wasn't a whole lot for us to talk about as much as we tried to scrape the bottom of the barrel to uh, to uh, bring you everything that we possibly could bring. Um, we do have uh, some interesting plans uh, set up to to keep things going within our own community, the Team RSP community. And if you're not already a member of it, uh, join our Discord if you can, discord.io slash readysetpwn, or make sure you engage with us on Twitter or on Facebook at readysetpwn, or even on Instagram. Uh, but uh, you'll want to stay, obviously, uh, in touch because we're going to get some uh, neat things going on. We might have, uh, hey, we might have some tokens to give away. Uh, you know, get some skin codes to, to get you set up. Wouldn't that be cool if we, we had some skin codes to give away? But uh, yeah. So it's coming only, out of my contract? Uh, no, actually, this will not be coming out of your contract, nor will it be coming out of Omni's contract. It'll be coming from the generosity of uh, our good friends at the Vancouver Titans. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll share more about what that uh, involves uh, next week. But any final uh, words of wisdom you want to share with uh, all of our listeners there, uh, Sam? I mean... The this week the Titans might win, Titans might lose, Defiant might win, Defiant might lose, but who cares? It's not the playoffs. Yeah. Next weekend, possibly. Um, as for me, be calm, be kind, be safe. I already mentioned that. Uh, also, uh, 
you know, I just ask if you see something that you like about uh, our community, whether it's an episode of a, that you listen to that you really enjoyed that you want to share with others, something on Twitter or Facebook, please um, do us a solid and let others know. Broadcast that message for us. Some of the best uh, opportunities for you to support our podcast are, are through word of mouth advertising, um, you know, drop a clip in uh, into a discord channel where you have permission to do so, or uh, maybe, you know, sharing on Reddit or on social media, the more we can grow this community and bring some awesome people in like all of you listeners already are, the better we will continue to be. I mean, again, this is your premier source for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant. And it only exists because you are listeners, which as a segue, if you're a new listener, I've yet to click that subscribe button in whatever podcast app that you're using to listen to the podcast in, please click it. Tune in next week and the week after that and the week after that. We are three washed up dudes uh, who like talking about Overwatch. But again, where else are you going to get all this information from? There's a lot of Overwatch League podcasts out there, but there's only one with Sam Omni and myself, Chris. Just saying. And it's been a while since we've had a review. I feel like reading a review. If you didn't already know this, if you leave us a review and you happen to let us know where that review was left, I have it set up so that if it comes through the Apple podcast store, I will see it. If you uh, leave it through Podchaser, I will see it. Podchaser.com slash ready set phone. I want to leave a review there. But if you do leave us a review, as is practice, I will read the review verbatim. Good review, bad review. I will read it verbatim. I might beep out words dependent on uh, the language you use, but I will read it verbatim. And if, if leaving a review somewhere is not possible, but you would like to share your thoughts, go to voicelink.fm slash readysetpwn and leave us a message there. You can send a text message if you'd like. Uh, you can leave a voice message if you'd like, voicelink.fm slash readysetpwn. You can do that from your phone or from your uh, computer. doesn't matter what you're using. So on behalf of the Missing in Action, buying a Mustang, Omni at Omni Strife, myself, Chris, at Light Forest, and the ever-effusive 3-0 Titans forevermore, Sam at another Sam Chen, I'm going to sign this podcast off with those magical two words, catchphrase. Thank you.